0: Today on It's Time.
1: You see, when we walk in the light as He is in the light, it opens our eyes up to what's really going on. I hear the calling, it's time. It's time.
0: It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, Pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of First John. So turn there in your Bible and join Pastor Mike.
1: And if you have your Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of 1 John. And uh, the epistles of John there, we look at uh, 1 John, this great book written by the beloved disciple. The Bible talks about the powers of light and the powers of darkness. God's best wish for your life and the devil's destruction of your life. And I think every one of us are a player in this world, uh, whether you're a Christian or not. You are under attack from the enemy. The devil doesn't care about you. You say, well, I'm not a Christian, so the devil's on my side. No, he's not. He wants to see you destroyed. And that's one of the great things that we have in Jesus Christ is his protection, not only of eternal life someday, but we also have his divine protection right now in our life. You know, when you turn your life over to Christ, when you sign the title deed or the pink slip over to God of your life, You becomes God's property. And you know what I have found about um, God is that he takes real good care of what belongs to him. And I pray that you belong to him this morning. And if you don't, well, maybe by the end of uh, our little visit here together, as we look at 1 John chapter 1, you're going to see why it's so important to belong to God. You know, the word of God tells us so many things about ourselves that we don't even know tells us things about God, of course, but it tells us things about ourselves, how we work internally and how we think. This morning we have communion, and one of the great things in communion is that it's through that, that one element that God gave us, this sacrament, that we could be healed. Maybe not necessarily for a cold or a flu or cancer, but you need your heart healed. You need your heart restored. You need your heart blessed. You need to have put back into you the things that the enemy has taken away from you. And so this morning as we read, may the Holy Spirit just communicate to each one of you how valuable you are to him. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word now, we ask you that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and God, that your Holy Spirit would, would uh, cause these words to come alive just as they did in John's heart when he wrote them down on the paper, God, that they would come back alive for every one of us today. And that we would remember these things when the devil comes and tries to make us feel like we're a loser and there are no Oh, for us, thank God, that you've got great promises for every one of your children in Jesus' name. Amen. And so as we look at this in 1 John chapter 1, it says, that which was from the beginning. Uh, I like that. Um, we find uh, John very reminiscent of Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 1. We also find John reiterating what he wrote in the book of John. And so we find here that which from, was from the beginning. Everything has a beginning in your life. Everything does. This is why the Bible says this is when Jesus uh, was speaking to the Pharisees and they were trying to justify their behavior, saying, well, I don't do what everybody else does. But Jesus said, oh, but if you thought it in your heart, you've committed it. You see, here's the thing, everything has a beginning. And if we don't examine the beginning of things, then those things that are in the very infancy of our lives turn into something bigger. So if you have hatred towards a fellow uh, human being, those can turn into slander, turn into murder, turn into violence, all those things. Nip it in the bud. That's one of the things God does. So in the beginning, and so God always goes back to the very beginning. And this is one of the one of the great things he does. When we become born again, he gives us a new beginning. He starts over, he resets the clock. I've known so many people that said, oh, I just wish I could reset the clock of my life. You can in Jesus' name. That which was from the beginning. He's the originator of all things. He says, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes and have looked upon upon and our hands of handle concerning the word of life. This is speaking of Jesus Christ. And in the Greek here, the word for seen is really literally gazed and analyzed. They really checked Jesus out. You know, Jesus is walking along telling, you know, representing his father in heaven, telling people that he was God. And, and you know, Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the father. And they were, they were just really checking him out. Is this really who we see? In fact, even John, The Baptist, when he was in prison, sent his disciples to Jesus and said, are you really the Messiah or should we look for another? Well, this life was manifested. That means it came into being where we could touch it, see it, hold it. You know, that's what Jesus, who Jesus Christ is. When fellowship was broken in the garden, when God would come and walk with man in the cool of the evening, every evening, imagine having a date with God every evening as the sun was setting, God would show up and say, hey, let's go walk and talk. Wow, that'd be pretty cool. Pure knowledge, pure light, pure everything. And you got to walk with God in the cool of the evening. Imagine the things you would ask him. I don't think we would be asking God, you know, God, where did I lose that half-inch wrench? I don't think we'd be asking God that. But I do think we might be asking God, God, what's beyond the stars? What's inside of the atom? You know, what, 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 what is the things that really bless you and make you happy? I think we'd be asking God a lot of questions. But that was broken when man rebelled against God. Ate of the tree, went and hid themselves, sewed fig leaves together. All that separation of God. Well, the first Adam, Adam, separated us from our relationship with our Father. But Jesus, the New Testament, the new, the second Adam, restored us back to our Father. And now we have that relationship again where we can talk with God. And so he was manifested for a reason so that they could actually see, touch, and feel, analyze, yes, this truly is God. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, verse 3, that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, that's what God wants. He wants to, in your life, have... That fellowship restored. See, this is why I, I, this is, if you ever want to know what really gets me mad is religion. Because religion seems to be that which separates people from God rather than our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ forgiving our sins allows us to be adopted into God's family whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, I don't have religion. I pray you don't have religion here today. Probably never thought you'd come to church and hear that, did you? But I pray you have a relationship with the God who loves you. That is what the Bible is about. Not religion, not all the hoop jumping that I'm going to do to appease God, but that I realize that Jesus came to appease every requirement that our father wanted for holiness are found in him. And now we have a simple love father child relationship with Jesus Christ. Man, I'll tell you something. That's one of the things, and it'll, it'll, it'll go off like a, like a whistle on a, on a tea kettle on your stove when you get around and all of a sudden you start hearing religion versus relationship. The Bible says if any man's religion is true and is right, it's always going to go back to that personal love, child-father relationship with your Father in Heaven. And don't ever let anything ever get in between that. You see, that's what religion does. Religion tries to take and make it a legal type of of relationship rather than a simple love, I love you, Daddy. That's so important. So this is what he's declaring. Verse 4, and this is really important. You'll find this oftentimes by John. He says, and these things we write to you that your joy might be full god wants you to have joy now happiness is different than joy happiness is when everything goes my way E, oh, green lights i'm happy but joy means that no matter what happens in this earth you have a joy knowing you have a father in heaven that loves you And no matter what comes to you, God is working some invisible plan out for his betterment of his kingdom and to bless you ultimately. I like that. Now notice he also says, and these things I write to you. It's important that sometimes when we look at the scripture, we find why things are written in the Bible. This particular book is written so your joy would be full. In the book of John John writes, he says, these things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So there's a reason why things are written. And I look at this really importantly because, again, this is why... Uh, If you wonder why I tell people when they pray and accept Christ as their savior, start reading the book of John. Well, why do I tell them to read the book of John? These things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. You want them to know who Jesus Christ is. And so if you lead somebody to Christ, I direct them to the book of John. I tell them to start in chapter three and read and let the Holy Spirit minister to them. Why is that? So they would believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. What we're reading today, though, is that you would have God's joy. Now, it's not only just God's joy in the book of John that we're reading here today. But as we read, we're going to also find these things are written so that we would not sin. Because sin separates us from God and thus can take away your joy, my joy. So he says, this is the message which we have heard from him. And declare to you. And by the way, I think that's always great. This is the message that we've heard from him and we declare to you. This is the message that we heard from him and we're going to tell you some other goofy story. No, he doesn't say that. This is what we heard from God and we are repeaters of what God has already said. You know, across America right now, um, we have about 400 some stations. And what's really amazing is they are, these little stations, well, they're big stations and little well, stations all over, they are translating or they're repeating what we broadcast from here. So this morning, what I'm saying to you is live in Las Vegas, Nevada, is live in Boston, Massachusetts, is live in the Philippines and all over the world via the internet, they're repeating that which we've heard from him We share to you. Always remember, God is the source of the message that you share. There's a lot of other messages that are out there. They'll teach that Jesus Christ is a way of salvation. He's not a way of salvation, friends. He's the way of salvation. Big difference. And so that which we have heard... We declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Do you realize something? Light works two ways. Light goes one way, but it also reflects and you can see the other way. So from God, who is the generator of light, it reveals things. Now I have found many times I don't want to know. Have you ever noticed why the inside of bars are dark? I used to work on cash registers for National Cash Register uh, in Los Angeles. And I would go and service cash registers, whether it be in the May Company or I I think a lot of people probably don't know what the May Company is anymore. It was like Macy's a long time ago. But anyway, but I would go from there to to uh, supermarkets, to bars. Well, in the daytime, most people don't go into bars in the daytime. And the reason I was there was to service their cash register, and I really remember some of the scary things. It was one of the most dismal places i 've ever been and back then, you were allowed to smoke inside the bars and I remember they had the lights turned on, and the walls were yellow and slimy looking and the bars were were, were sticky with with the mixes of all the drinks and 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 as the the bartender would ring up the the, the, the on the cash register, the, the stuff would be dripping off of his fingers and running down into the cut And I, I used to hate to go into a bar to service their cash register because the light revealed what a dismal place it was. And I mean, it was scary. I mean, I'd walk in and you'd just look at the walls and you look at the ceilings that were yellow. And I still remember it. And I just remember hating to go into that because the darkness covers their wickedness. The darkness covers things they don't want you to see. You see, when we walk in the light as he in the, is in the light, it opens our eyes up to what's really going on. The reason people stumble in the dark is they can't see the thing they're tripping over. Well, that's the same way it is spiritually. People are tripping all the time spiritually in this world because they don't know the thing that they're falling over is the very thing that will kill them. You look at this and it says that in him there is no darkness at all. Thank God for that. That God reveals that. You know, a lot of times when Jesus comes into our life, we're a little apprehensive because I think sometimes we think, well, what's God going to (laughs) find? A lot of junk. But in spite of God's revealing light, because God already knows, he's the source of the light. But then when we begin to see what's really going on, we go, wow, God, I see that this is ruining my life. You see, one of the great things that God does when you become born again, he gives you his, your father's eyes. You know, people say, oh, oh, you have such a cute little boy or girl. You have your father's eyes. Will every one of you have your father's eyes? Why is that? Because you become part of his family. You are adopted. And so it says, in him is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. You know, that darkness is what separates us from the love of God. That darkness is what causes us to stumble. Now, when we become a Christian, God turns on the light. So we begin to see life from his perspective. And this is, and notice it says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, I think this is interesting here because, again, the word walk here means to be kind of occupied with God. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have fellowship with God that's going to reveal the darkness. The darkness is what trips you up. It's the imitation. It's the lie. You don't want to find yourself tied into that. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And the word in the Greek here means continually cleansing us from all sin. It's not just something God did a long time ago when you accepted Christ as your Savior. We need that continual, continual washing of the word of God in our lives. Now he says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves And the truth is not in us. We are self-deceived. Because even though we're stumbling, bumbling around in this world, we keep saying, I'm okay, I'm cool, I'm doing all right. Not really. What does a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So when we say we have sin, first of all, we're freely admitting That we have sin in our life. Now, by the way, friends, that is the first step of getting anything resolved in your life. Whether it be your car, whether it be your personal life, whether it be your family, whether it be your job, whatever it is, the first thing you have to do is admit there's an issue. Wow, I got bald tires. No problem on the ice. I don't care what I hit no really seriously if you got ball tires on the snow you're in trouble but you've got to admit that you have ball tires to motivate you to go down and get some new tires put on your car ignorance or neglect will never solve those problems and so the first thing we'll have to find out is freely admitting that we have sin because once we freely admit that God can then step in and fix the problem I say well I might like my sin. Yes, you might. And I think this is why we need to pray and say, God, let me see sin the way you see sin, because God does not see sin as fun. God sees sin as a delayed disaster. Friends, most people who sin don't experience the pain of the sin at the moment. When you sin, it has a repercussion. It isn't that God doesn't want you to have any fun. It's that God knows more about that fun than we do. We have to say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you that when you say, if I go out and I obliterate myself on a Friday night with a couple of six-packs and a couple of my buddies, that when I wake up with my car wrecked uh, uh, and I'm in the hospital uh, facing DUI charges, uh, you knew more about that fun than I did. See, that's what God does. God opens our eyes. We're walking in the light. We're not stumbling over the rocks. We used to stumble over. This is one of the reasons why God talks about that we as children of light, when we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Big difference. If we say, now again, we look at this and we realize that it's a condition. The first thing is, is that, we have sin. Is there real sorrow over our sin? That's one of the questions that we've got. To, do, I, do I realize what it's doing to me? I, there was a commercial years ago on the local television station here. And it was about um, it showed a guy and he was hooked up with alcohol. And they showed they zoomed in and he goes everybody says I have a problem with alcohol. I don't have a problem with alcohol. And then they showed his wife No, we have a problem with alcohol. And they showed his kids, no, we have a problem with alcohol. (laughs) The alcohol that's in him when he drinks. Okay? So, the first thing is sorrow over the sin. The second thing, the third thing we do is then we ask God forgiveness. Again, this is one of the great things that God does is forgive us. But you have to admit that you have a sin in your life for God to forgive us. And then you have to remember that God will restore us. You see, all of us sin and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. God hears when we pray. So if we confess our sins, verse 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, this word means continually forgiving us of our sins. I like that. Now notice it says, if. I don't know if you like to underline things in your Bible, circle things or make arrows to those things, but the word if is important. What does that tell you when you see the word if? Conditional. In other words, there is only one thing that I need to do and I need to enact faith to ask God to forgive me. If we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The past doesn't matter anymore. Isn't that great news? That's one of the great things God does.
0: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up,